It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Okay, welcome everybody. Another episode of the Bomber Brothers Podcast. Sean and Ryan Chichester with you. Talking all things Yankee baseball. Talking another Yankee sweep on the podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. And again, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to hear us break down every series. So twice a week, we'll recap every series. We'll look at the series ahead. But Sean, right now we're recapping another sweep of the Tigers this time and another dominant performance by the starting rotation, which is starting to look absolutely historic. I mean, we had uh, perfect game bids from two starters this weekend and back-to-back nights. And then we had, um, we had, well, the one of them was against the angels, but we had Severino who almost had a no hit bit of his own. If it wasn't for the line drive that Kiner Falefa couldn't handle. So the rotation just continues to look absolutely dominant. Yes. It's the tigers, but also this pitching staff has been doing it all year. I mean, you know, I go to the game Thursday and see a perfect game go into the eighth inning and you go to the game Friday where you thinking, Hey, I might see one go almost to the eighth too. I mean, crazy that, that, you know, with Cole able to put up like that right after Tyone. And it really just, those two games to me are the microcosm of, of the entire season where the Yankees on Thursday. And we talked about this last episode, they win a really like a gritty game where they have a big hit late that kind of, and I know this is not very analytical, but that championship DNA shows up and it showed up yesterday in the walk-off game. And then you have a game where they just slug you to death and, uh, um, and, and Cole pitch is great, but you know, and we've been on this that, you know, for me, the highlight of the weekend was just Severino. Um, I, I think that we should not have been even ruled a hit that the hit that he gave up to, uh, was that Miggy there that, uh, Trevino couldn't handle, but, um, just absolutely dominant performances for the most part from the Yankee rotation. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad when the, the worst, uh, performance you get is out of, um, is out of Montgomery and he only gives up two runs in uh six and a third. So, um, yeah, the, the, the weak link giving up two runs in a start. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, the bats help pick, pick them up on, um, on Sunday, but overall another great series, another sweep back to back episodes where we're, where we're recapping a Yankee sweep. And I know it's the tigers, but you have to be pretty excited about a, a flawless homestand where they win a couple of really exciting games uh, and just pitch tremendously throughout the entire homestand where I think the, the tigers game is the only game where they gave up more than uh, more, more than one run. Is that correct? I believe you're right. Yeah, they gave up one run in each of the three games uh, against the Angels. And then back-to-back shutouts. Back-to-back shutouts. And then yesterday, which, like you said about Montgomery, turns in the quote-unquote worst start of the series for the Yankees. And it was, what, two two runs allowed. Uh, lowered his season ERA to a rotation worst, 3.02. 
So Montgomery's really slacking. But then, then a good this was a good um, nugget from Eric Boland over at Newsday, a former friend of the podcast. But Montgomery's now allowed three runs or fewer in each of his eleven starts this season. And uh, he's also allowed three runs or fewer in 35 of his 41 starts since the beginning of last season. So he continues to be extremely efficient coming back from Tommy John surgery. And this, this all kind of started with his huge start to keep the season alive in the 2020 ALDS. I mean, he's been absolute money since then coming back from TJ and you know, looking like the promising rookie he was in, in 2017. So this rotation doesn't have any weak spots. Uh, like you mentioned with uh, the line drive with Severino from Connor Falefa, it was, it wasn't off the end of the bat, but when it came off the bat, it definitely had some weird spin on it. And it looked like Connor Falefa kind of came in a little too soon. And then all of a sudden the ball was at, you know, a, above above his head so he had to reach up and try to stab at it and it went off his glove but I agree I don't think that should have been ruled a hit I mean it was it was hit off his glove and he clearly misjudged it and again like we mentioned last week Connor Falefa's defense has obviously been a dramatic improvement over Torres at that shortstop from last year but it's not really the uh it's not at the level that many of us thought it would be when the Yankees made the trade for a glove first shortstop but what are you going to do? And can't have a perfect game bid every game, I guess. Yeah, no, of course. And I mean, that was that was the only one of two base runners the the Yankees gave up the entire game. Severino goes seven innings, one hit, which again is you know it, it might not it might not have been uh, the cleanest hit in the world, but whatever. One walk and ten strikeouts, and that lowered his season ERA to two nine five, which. I mean, that is just for me, like just chef's kiss. Perfect. You get Sevy on the hill going seven strong, 10 K's and bringing that ERA down below three. I mean, when we, when we were getting excited about Severino coming back, I don't even think in our wildest dreams, we thought it was going to look like this. He looks like the pitcher he looked like in the second half of 2017 and the first half of 2018, where he's uh, got a pitching with a lot of confidence He's got that fastball with nice, nice giddy up on it. And he, he's pitching really well. And I'm, I'm really, really excited uh, if he could stay healthy to see what he does um, for the entire season. And just another starter that the Yankees have that can contend for, for a place on the all-star team. I mean, they might as well just send them all there. And I thought another big thing on Saturday, uh, Holmes looked good in the ninth inning which was big for me after he had kind of the rough out. Well, not kind of, it was a rough outing on Thursday where he uh, walked a guy and hit two batters, but he, uh, you know, he, he struck out one, uh, no, no walks in, in the ninth inning, no hits in the ninth inning. And, and the Yankees, uh, Yankees went home with a, with a three, nothing win on Saturday, which was, uh, you know, a, a tense game. It was, you know, one, nothing into the sixth inning. And then, uh, the Yankees tacked on in the sixth and the eighth to add two more runs, but they gave up one hit and one walk the entire game. So, uh, you'll, you'll take that. <laughs> yeah. And like you said about Holmes, so, you know, when someone comes out of nowhere like this to become as dominant in Holmes as, as Holmes has been not allowing an earned run since opening day, which was, I think that came off like two infield singles or two weak singles or something like that against the, against the Red Sox. But when someone's so dominant like that, you're almost waiting for the 
other shoe to drop in a sense and like a crash back down to earth. We kind of saw it with Michael King, but honestly for Holmes, the numbers have been there since he came over in the trade last year. He was phenomenal last year too. So I'm starting to believe that not only is Holmes for real, but this is sustainable over you know, both multiple seasons. So I'm feeling good about Holmes. Obviously, King had a clean inning too um, on Saturday. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, hopefully King's working his way back to form, but you have to feel good about, about the pitching staff and you have to feel good about the bullpen because of the starting pitching. I think it was, I think it was Lindsay Adler who noted it on Twitter during one of these games and how the Yankees have been, the Yankees have been getting such good length out of out of their starters. They've actually Yankee starters have actually gone at least six innings in fourteen of their last fifteen starts. Well, they they they're the, the sorry. The Athletic had a great article about how they made a commitment to that um, and, and wanting to go deeper with these bullpen injuries. So, just yeah. I apologize for speaking over you there. No, no, that's okay. I think the one that didn't was was Sears when he did, when he had the fill in start, if I'm not, not mistaken. So the Yankees regular rotation has been going at least six or more innings. And uh, as I was saying, like Lindsay noted, that's huge because you think back to a season like 2019, when the Yankees strong bullpen was absolutely gassed by the playoffs, because I mean, who were they getting any length from outside of maybe Tanaka during, during that time when they were trying to survive that ALCS against the Astros. I mean, everybody in the bullpen was, was gassed. So now in the way the starting pitching is going right now, it's looking really good, not just right now, but this can be super helpful down the stretch of a regular season. And, and obviously in October. Yeah, I, I, you know, absolutely. And I think it's, it's giving also time for guys to kind of refine themselves. Like one of the, like, you know, King pitched a clean inning on Saturday and, um, you know, in the 10th inning yesterday, he comes in and strikes out the side, which with that, you know, auto runner is huge. He, he prevents the runner from scoring. And then the Yankees went on Sunday on a walk off from Donaldson sack fly. And that's, that's with King pitching a huge inning. So it, it gives these guys time to, to kind of refine themselves in and, and, you know, pitch, pitch better out of the bullpen. So it helps you establish trust in some of these guys as well. So, you know, the starters are, are definitely doing more than their fair share. And I don't think, you know, it's not, it's not a matter of Boone doesn't have a bullpen that he trusts. So he's overusing the starters. I think they're all sticking to pretty good, pretty good, uh, you know, pitch counts and everything like that. They're faring. Okay. The third time through the order. And, um, you know, that it's, well, I mean, they're, they're giving up so few base runners. Sometimes they're not even going the third time through the order after six innings, but um, you know, they're, they're, they're pitching really well. And I think that's been, that's been huge um, down the stretch here. Yeah. The pitch counts aren't even getting that high because the Yankees aren't really walking anybody. I mean, they have a 5.0 strike to walk ratio, which is absurd. Obviously a huge part of that is Tyone because his control has been otherworldly this season, but when you don't walk people and you don't put on base runners, the pitch count stays low and the Yankees rotation, you there's not enough superlatives you can say about it. I mean, their last full turn through the rotation from Montgomery back to the last time he pitched, 35 and a third innings, 15 hits, three runs, 36 strikeouts, and four walks. They'll win a lot of games, and they have. I mean, it's just been been tremendous with the six-game winning streak. And, you know, I, I think we should mention first game of the series, you were there. One guy that comes out of the bullpen, well, the only guy that came out of the bullpen on Friday night was a great story. 
and Banuelos coming out, uh, pitching two innings. He gave up one hit, but that was just like a little dribbler uh, down the line. And, uh, you know, he got he got the strikeout uh, to end it. I think it was to end the eighth inning, which was, yeah, was a little awesome. out, little outside, but that that ump zone was moving around. I know you probably <laughs> couldn't see it. I, well, you you had such good seats. You probably could see better than the umpire. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the zone was moving around all night. But um, yeah, I was super happy for for Ben Wellos. That was that's what makes baseball awesome. You kind of have these these stories that you follow for years, and then sometimes they have a payoff at the end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cole, who took a perfect game almost into the eighth inning, said that Ben Wellos was the coolest part of the night, and I would have to agree. I mean, that was an appearance at what a decade in the making, and in 2012, he was a hyped member of that. Killer Bees trio with uh, Brackman and Batances, and Batances was the one who panned out, became one of the best relievers in baseball. But injuries set Manuelos back, and he not even just with his Yankee career. I mean, he had what a few appearance, appearances in 2015. Didn't pitch again in the majors until 2019 with the White Sox. I think another couple appearances, and then he was gone. And now here he is back where where he started, where he was a super hype prospect ever since. They had signed him back in 2008. So that's a, that's a really cool story. I'd love that he said he kept the ball from his first pitch at Yankee Stadium and that he said he's going to put it on a shelf between two other baseballs that he has from 2012 from Yankee Spring Training, one of them signed by Jeter and one of them signed by Mo. So that's that's pretty cool to have that keepsake right next to keepsakes from your previous time with the Yankees when obviously he was – thought of to be one of the next big Yankee arms and it didn't pan out that way, but that's just a cool way to realize that even though it didn't work out the way many people hoped, especially him, that he was still able to get here. It's a hell of a shelf, but yeah, uh, right. <laughs> I, who knows? I mean, he looked good. Maybe, maybe he could become a contributor here, be, you know, be, be a, a middle reliever there. There's opportunity now with, with Chapman and Loisica still on the shelf. So you never know. Like sometimes baseball's funny like that. He he could become a key contributor. But um, you know, switching over to looking at the offense for this series, um, the game you went to Friday night, obviously just a, an absolute bludgeoning. Um I, I don't know what that starter did, but he he was left in for quite a long time. And he apparently and and John Boy did a great job of breaking down. He was tipping his pitches, uh, looking at third base for an extended period of time before he would throw his fastball. And you can see the Yankees definitely picked up on that. Um, although Matt Carpenter did have a single, uh, apparently there was a very good reason for that. And that was to get, get the starter into the stretch where he would tip his pitches, but then he went back to just hitting home runs, which was, yeah. you know, which is what Matt Carpenter almost exclusively does, um, which, which was awesome. And then, um, you know, you had the home run from judge and Rizzo both on Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, um, you know, Donaldson has a big sack fly. Hopefully that kind of gets him going, feeling comfortable now that he's back. Um, and just kind of like a really scrappy offensive performance on, on Sunday. I mean, the, the double steal from Rizzo and then scoring. I mean, I didn't know he could move that fast scoring on that, that ground ball. That was awesome. And that's like, kind of like some of this fun stuff with this team where it's just like, Hey, like, yeah, they can, they can have a game where they hit three home runs in a game or, you know, hit, hit two home runs and then and manufacture another one. Like that, that's obviously going to win you a ton of ball games, but then they can win these kind of dirty games too. And that, that gets you really excited because they're winning in lots of different ways. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fun to watch. The Yankees are stealing more bases this year. They're playing better defense. The rotation is giving you more length, and obviously that always keeps you in games. So there have been a lot of exciting games, and it's been a fun team to watch. And you mentioned the offense, and Rizzo specifically, he was one of the guys to go deep on Friday when Elvin Rodriguez was tipping his pitches. And yeah, again, shout out to John Boy because that was an awesome video that really highlighted how how much – the Yankees were paying attention to pick up those signs. I think it was Brian, Brian Hoke retweeted that video too. And it said that he had talked to Boone and he was, Boone was saying how the Yankees have not only made it a point, but have been really, really good at picking up on some pitchers tendencies to get a sense of what pitch might be coming. And hopefully that's been helping the offense. But anyway, back, back to Rizzo and his home run. He he's, he's got a season OPS back up to 800. Now when we were talking last episode how he had such a brutal month of may after a red hot april but he had come along in his last in his first couple games of june and hopefully that wasn't going to get him going and now here he is with his ops back up to 800 and the yankees top six hitters now have an ops of at least 730 which might not sound incredibly high but the league average a couple years ago was 740 and you have to assume that's gone down with how the new baseball and how offenses have gone down across the board but top six hitters above league average and ops and three of them at 800 or more that's now that stands back that's that's a good place to be the Yankees have the second highest OPS of any team in the league. I think the Dodgers are the only team that are ahead of them. And like, like we, I just said, they're, they're doing it multiple ways. They're also in the bottom half of the league in, in strikeout rate. So they're, they're getting it done. And, and look, you know, th- this is what Gallo did yesterday is why you have Gallo. I, he's been terrible, but if he doesn't hit that home run, we're not talking about a series sweep. He, he, you know, he has the ability to go deep and do that. And the more guys you have that can wreck a game, the better. And they mix that in with guys, you know, like IKF, like DJ LeMahieu. And you have a recipe for a really good team because you have guys that are getting on base. You have somebody on base for Gallo to hit a home run and that, that ties the ball game. So uh, it, to me, the offense right now is just looks like the perfect blend of, of, of everything that you want, all the ingredients for success. And, uh, you know, also a big home run by Gallo yesterday. So I just wanted to make sure we call that out because we've been super and and fairly very critical of, of him. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's sometimes like it's our friend Sweeney says three home run, three run home runs when you when you ball games. And that's sometimes exactly, it's a two run homer. Yeah, but that's exactly what Gallo can do at at points. And like you mentioned, the criticism has been fair. And I still think Gallo needs to do way more production in between these two or three run home runs that sometimes prove to be the the difference in the game as he's still been pretty, pretty dreadful this season. 